welcome to the one in one podcast where below average podcaster chats with an above average athlete. I'm your host Bridget Bay. My guest today is Taj Benning, who played basketball at Fairfield University from 2017 to 2022. Taj, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you on, Taj. You grew up in Fairlawn, New Jersey. You're currently living there now. You're just a few towns over. We're basically neighbors right now in Jersey. Yep, yep, yep. Not too far. Exactly. So we're about a half hour outside New York City. Were you a big New York sports fan growing up? And I guess still today? Um, yeah, I, I'd say so. I was a big uh, uh, Jets fan, um, a Nets fan when they were in New Jersey. And obviously, uh, when they moved to New York, I wasn't the biggest Nets fan. But um, in New Jersey, I went to a lot of games. I'm not really much of a baseball guy. So in this house, it was like a lot of football and basketball on the TV. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's easy to get to the Jet games, and it was easy when the Nets were in New Jersey. Now, going to having to trek all the way to Brooklyn, that's a, that's a bit of a destination. Yeah, but the Barclays Stadium is really nice. The couple games I've been were uh, really exciting, great atmosphere, so it was cool going there. When the Nets weren't too good, the IZOD Center tickets were cheap, so I was in there all the time. <laughs> good old IZOD Center. You're right, though. Barclays is beautiful. It's a great stadium. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Any siblings for you, Taj, or are you an only child? No, I'm an only child. Just me. Oh, very cool. Spoiled. I like it. Yeah, that's a misconception, man. Everybody says that, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so how did you get into basketball? Um, I got into basketball, honestly, just from watching my dad. Like, my dad played in a lot of, like, pro-ams and men's leagues when I was little, and I would always come to the games, and I'd be the little guy shooting during halftime or in between quarters and stuff like that. And I just fell in love with the game, like, watching him play. And then he transitioned into coaching. Um, he actually coached at uh, Saddle River Day High School for a long time, for, like, three or four years. And... Um, then once I got into high school, he just stopped coaching and just started coming to my games. So, Oh, I love that. that. Yeah, because obviously if he was a coach, there would probably be a lot of times where he couldn't see you play because he has his own games. I love exactly. that he stopped, went full force into your career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of stopped. He really stopped playing, really, once I turned like 10. And then it was just he was always at my games and AAU was always on the weekend. So it's tough to like keep up with him playing and go to all my stuff so yeah he had to he had to make the switch <laughs> now did he play college ball as well uh yeah he actually played at william patterson oh no way okay very cool my brother played at the college of new jersey which is in that same conference yep yep that's a tough conference for division it three. is no it's a great division three conference really good so you mentioned aau how old were you when you started playing <sighs> Uh, I started playing probably when I was seven. I was playing in, uh, played for a lot of different teams growing up, but, um, I started playing when I was seven years old. I think my first team was like at the Fairlawn Rec Center. I was, um, uh, he was actually the coach of that team. I was playing for the Fairlawn Rec Center and it was just a bunch of guys in town. And I was like, I barely knew how to play basketball. Like couldn't really do anything. And then, um, once my dad saw like, oh, like he actually really loves this and like really is like happy and has fun playing. That's when he started to like do drills and like really starting to make me improve my game and stuff like that. But um, so I played for Fairlawn Rec. Then once I turned like eight or nine, I played for this uh, 
it was a church team. It was called St. Anne's Church. That was in uh, Fairlawn. Okay, and then AAU I feel like started... I remember that church. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, and then AAU started for me around 10. My first AAU team was the New York Gauchos in the Bronx. And that was uh, definitely different because to go from playing like church league and like Fairlawn Rec to now you're playing against like really good 10-year-olds from New York City, like that was definitely a change for me. But then that's when I started to fall in love with competing and like being around players that were good and stuff like that. So that's when I really started to fall in love with the game. That's awesome. Yeah, 10 is really young to start AAU, but it's a good thing, especially if you like the game of basketball because you're seeing competition at a young age. And I imagine you continued AAU all the way through high school, so you continue to see that competition. Yeah, definitely. And that's when uh, I started to really get heavy into AAU around that time too because that's when you start, like, traveling. Like, we did – we were doing tournaments in Maryland. We were going to New I think we went to nationals in like New Orleans. We were going to tournaments in Florida. And this was at like 10 years old. So that's when I was like, wow, like, this is a lot of fun. I'm traveling yeah. at like 10, 11, playing with all my friends. And that's when it really got good. It's a big commitment. So you probably knew early on that you wanted to go on and play in college because you're spending all your weekends in the summer doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And then like uh, I was in the gym and I'm seeing like older guys and I didn't really know them, but I would ask them or my parents would ask them like, oh, like, what are you doing? And they'd be like, oh, I play college basketball at so and so, which was like a big time school or another big time school. And then I like thought to myself like, oh, I could I could play division one basketball. I can go and try to play in college. So that's when I started to like really work hard. And like that's when the like seed was planted in my brain. Like, oh, I'm seeing people do this. I can do this, too. Nice. Did you win any major tournaments in AAU? Um, I remember we used to go to like this thing was like the super regional with like teams from around the region. I'm pretty sure we won that. And then we would win the state tournament like a bunch of times when we were little and stuff like that. But in um in AAU, like once I got to high school and stuff, I started winning more tournaments. Like we uh so I played for the Gauchos when I was ten, then I switched played for a team that was a little bit more local once I turned 12, um, called the Playtime Panthers. They were out of Teaneck. Then I played for the Players for a couple years out of Patterson. And then I switched to NJ Roadrunners um, in Union, New Jersey, and I played for them from when I was 13 or 14 all the way through high school. And that's when, like, um, I started to begin, like, to get recruited and stuff like that. And uh, we would go to, like, a lot of hoop group stuff, and we did pretty good in those events. Oh, that's awesome. And for high school, you choose to attend Bergen Catholic, which is a private all-boys school that excels in a lot of sports, particularly basketball, football, and wrestling. Did you, like, follow Bergen a lot as a kid? Um, well, when I was little, I always knew about, like, the Bergen-Bosco, like, rivalry because of where I live. I live in Bergen County, so you're going to know about it. Yeah. And um, I always had it in the back of my head, like, because when I was younger, I live, um, I live like kind of by Patterson. So when I was younger, I thought like I wanted to go to Patterson Catholic because they were like the biggest and best thing for basketball around. And then they closed. And when they closed, I met the new Bergen Catholic coach who's now been the coach. He was my coach. He was coach for a long time, uh, Billy Armstrong. And when I met him, that's when my dad was like, yeah, that's who you got to play for. Like he's knowledgeable. He's trustworthy. He knows the game. Like, this is a guy that I can really see 
helping you get to the next level and it all worked out. Definitely. So Bergen is where you met my pal, Mikey Byrne, who actually helped hook us up for this interview. Was yep, he your, what, was he an assistant coach or did he coach at a, like a JV level? Um, so I met when I, I met, um, Billy, I, uh, he, I, he had me play for his like AAU team, which was called hoop dreams. And I would always play for the hoop dreams team and another AAU team. So when I would play for hoop dreams, like Billy couldn't always coach. So sometimes Mike Byrne would be our coach and Mike Byrne was always so real. He keeps it so real. Even when you're like 12 years old, he will tell you exactly what you're doing wrong and he'll make sure you know about it. And I always love that. Like when you're younger, sometimes you think he's being mean, but like once I got older, I was like, yeah, Mike Byrne, like not too many real ones out there. And uh, you need to have him close. So uh, Mike was actually the JV coach when I was on varsity. So he actually never coached me at Bergen. He was an assistant for the varsity. But um, okay. yeah, Mike and me have always been close. That's awesome. Yeah, it seems like he keeps really good relationships with his guys. You know, when we'll talk about Doug Eater a bit, but when he was having his success in the tournament, you know, Mikey was following him. I totally imagine if Fairfield was you know on that run mikey would have been there for you too so that's just awesome to see he's a good coach but he's also really good at keeping those player coach relationships too yeah definitely he's a great friend great guy that i can like call for advice anytime he always picks up the phone so he's awesome he is i get there was one time though we were babies and he poked me in the eye we were like one year old and still haven't forgiven him maybe i should yeah, it sounds like Mike Byrne. I wouldn't forgive him. I would keep that in your back of your head at all times. <laughs> right? Ugh, yeah. Not over it. So I mentioned Doug Eater, and he played in the MAC with you, which we'll get into. He played at Bergen as well. He's a bit younger, though. So what was the overlap? Um, I was a senior when Doug was a sophomore. So Doug okay, was on the varsity as a, as a sophomore. He, we played together, yeah. Okay, that's cool. So you must have... Uh... Must have been fun seeing him have uh, this recent success in the tournament. Yeah, definitely. Like, everybody, uh, it's funny, like, everybody was watching, like, them play, and you're saying, like, oh, my God, like, this kid Doug is doing all this stuff. Like, when I was at the, when I was at the house watching the game, I was calling those shots. I was like, oh, that, that's going in. You guys don't know. Doug makes those big shots. Like, that's what he does. So I was like, yeah, this is not a surprise to me. That's awesome. Now, you mentioned knowing all about the Bergen-Bosco rivalry growing up in Bergen County, but what was like being in it? Oh, man. Uh, those are some of like the best atmospheres to play in. It's like you're playing in like a big-time college game when you're like 15 years old because the, or, like, the stands are packed and like you got both student sections going crazy. Both teams are good. And... um yeah, that rivalry just adds on a bunch of more, like, pressure and, like, you get a couple more jitters for the game. It's awesome. There's nothing like it. Yeah, it is fun to watch. I actually recently had Charlie Baggin on, a Bosco guy. I think you guys were the same age group around that. Yeah, we were in the same grade. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah he, he, he did not like me bringing up Bergen, so I can imagine you don't like me bringing up Bosco. <laughs> Uh, it's all right, man. I'm, I'm so, I'm so past it now. It's okay. Yeah. I like it. Maturity. <laughs> yeah. You had a great career at Bergen, won a county title, 
you were an all league player, an all county player, an honorable mention all state player, and you know New Jersey has great basketball, so really great accolades for you. Can you describe your recruiting process? Because I imagine you were a sought after recruit. Uh yeah, so the recruiting process it kind of it was like up and down for me. So it started off probably I would always get like letters and stuff to come to Bergen and come to my house. But like at that age, like those don't really mean much, but it just knows that it just lets you know that you're on their radar and stuff like that. And um, yeah, so once I got to like my sophomore, junior year, that's when I started to like receive offers. I had a lot of offers within the MAC, um, a couple Patriot League schools, I think one A10 school. So uh, yeah, it was it was up for a while, then it, it went down for a little bit, then it just picked back up out of nowhere. And it's a stressful process for a lot of people, but I was blessed and fortunate to have like opportunities. So I can't complain. Nice. So what ultimately made you choose Fairfield? Um, just the mix between like basketball and academics. The coach at the time was uh, Sidney Johnson and the relationship that I had with him from the minute they started recruiting me was um, pretty close. And um they had an assistant that I was also close with, with uh, Mitch Bonagero, who actually was the head coach at Fairfield in like the 80s. Like my dad had actually knew about him before he had even started recruiting me. Once I got on campus, it was like really hard to say no. It's a beautiful place to be, a lot of fun. And the uh, relation, like I said, the relationship that I had with this coach at the time was really good. So, Gotcha. Yeah, no, it is a very pretty school. And Fairfield is in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, made headlines last March with St. Peter's, uh, made it all the way to the lead eight. But it's a really great conference for a Jersey kid like yourself, because there are a ton of New Jersey, New York teams. And Fairfield itself isn't too far for friends and parents to go to games there. So, you know, your parents, if they wanted to, could have probably gone to pretty much almost any game. And obviously during the weekdays, it's a little bit tougher. But overall, you know, the schools are fairly close together. Yeah, and, and they did make it to pretty much every single game. So I forgot to mention that that is that was big in me picking that school. And uh, with the exception of like the Buffalo trip with uh, Niagara and Canisius, mm-hmm. like everything is fairly close. So, yeah, they came to pretty much every game. Yeah, you got Maris, Siena, Ryder, St. Peter's, Manhattan. Yeah, all pretty low. Quinnipiac, not bad. Yep, yep, yep. Nothing too crazy. So, yeah, uh, what's it like? Two hours from Fairlawn to get to Fair to Fairfield? With no traffic, it's like an hour and twenty minutes. Oh wow! Okay, that's even closer. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, that's a great conference. Highly, uh, highly competitive conference too. Really great yep. basketball. Yeah, that conference is really good for guards. Really good for guards. Yeah, a lot of good guards there. How was the transition from high school to college basketball? Um, it was definitely different for me because uh, in high school, I'm considered more of like a bigger guard. So in high school, I used like a lot of like my physicality to play. And then once I got to college, like a lot of those guys were like big and strong as well. And um, in the backcourt... At Fairfield, when I got there, actually, they had the all-time leading scorer at the school, Tyler Nelson, who plays professionally in Germany right now. And um, he was like a big influence for me because he helped me just prepare for the college game and stuff like that and give me a 
lot of advice all throughout the year, and he still does now. Yeah, the the transition was definitely different. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And like you said, being being the biggest guard in high school is great, but yeah, you get to college, uh, bigger fish in the pond, right? And it's yeah. a little bit tougher. And then you also have to adjust to like the speed of the game, and then like mm. now you have to incorporate that you um you have like a totally different play style than you had in high school, and then um the schedules are different. So yeah, that that was big too. Like the scheduling, yeah. having to do like a bunch of different stuff was definitely different for me. A lot of people also mentioned that the weight room, like the commitment to the weight room is a challenge too, starting college. Yes, yes. That was big for me too, because um, I also like, I was kind of a chubby kid, especially like my junior year and senior year of high school. And then once I got to college, they kind of like just got all that off me and kind of just shredded <laughs> me. And um, got yeah, rid of your baby fat. Yeah, I got rid of all. Of it. <laughs> and it was definitely a a commitment, a different type of commitment, but um, it was good. And it um, just built good habits for me. That first summer when I got there, we were lifting and doing conditioning like almost every day. So that was huge for my uh, transition. Absolutely. So freshman year, 2017, 2018, Fairfield goes 17 and 16. You played in 25 games off the bench. So that's pretty good getting to get minutes right away as a freshman. Fairfield makes it all the way to the MAC title game but loses to Iona. That's got to be so tough to be so close to that NCAA tournament berth, but just fall a bit short. Yeah, it definitely was tough. And it actually happened to me twice because we lost against Iona. Yeah. Right. Yep. Twice my freshman year and senior year. So that's so tough. Yeah. My freshman year, I got in 25 games, didn't really play much, but like I got in and that kind of like just gave me a little bit of experience for the following year. So then, um, yeah, that was really important. And, uh, yeah, so basically, um, me getting that little bit of time because I didn't really play that much and I was playing behind dudes that were already like experienced and stuff like that. So that stuff helped me for my career moving forward. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely helps going into sophomore year, you getting those minutes as a freshman because in 2018, 2019, you start 19 games. Uh, yeah. Tough season overall for Fairfield, going 9-22, and 22, but overall that's great for you going from playing 25 games, maybe not the minutes that you would have liked, to now starting a bunch of games as a sophomore. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a different type of season. We had a lot of new guys, um, a lot of moving parts, a lot of guys that didn't really play a lot in the pat in the year before got um, thrown into like more... Uh, position of where they were getting more minutes and then we had a lot of new transfers it was definitely a, a different type of season yeah it had to be frustrating only winning nine games yeah yeah especially coming from high school where like we didn't I didn't do a lot of losing and then my freshman year we lost the my freshman year of um of college we lost a decent amount of games but we went on such like we had like two I think we had one like six game win streak then we had like right going into the tournament and including the tournament, I think we went on like a nine game win streak um, and then lost in the championship. So like we had some like really good like moments during that year. And then going into that sophomore year where we did a lot of losing, it was definitely uh, very frustrating. Yeah, I can imagine. And an, an unfortunate thing happens at the end of the season. You had mentioned a big part of the reason you went to Fairfield is because you had such a gr- great relationship with Coach Sidney Johnson 
there is a coaching change after the nine and 22 season. Jay Young replaces Sidney Johnson, who recruited you. That must have been a difficult situation for you. Honestly, it really wasn't because when Coach Johnson left, I was the that was kind of the most difficult part, like the un like the uncertainty, the uncertainty, and not knowing like all right who's coming in because you hear a bunch of different stuff. And um, once Coach Young had gotten the job, uh, one of the players at Rutgers at the time, uh, Ron Harper, he actually texted me and said, "Man, you guys just got a great guy. He like is an amazing defensive coach." And he was just like, "You guys got a good one." So then I knew I was like, "All right." So. First thing out of nowhere, someone texts me and says how good, uh, how good of a coach and how good of a guy this guy is. So I was like, okay, this guy, let me give it a chance. And then after like the first workout and my first meeting with him, I was like, yeah, I'm going to stay here. Like this is, a, this is a guy I can move forward with. Oh, that's great. So ultimately you had two coaches in your time at Fairfield that you really liked and gelled with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's um, great. So and- yeah, I guess, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say me and Coach Young kind of gelled like from the beginning. Like, like I said, after one workout in the first meeting, like I knew we kind of knew that we were on the same page. That's awesome. So a transfer was really never on the table for you. No, I really never thought of it. Okay, very nice. So junior year, you make a pretty good jump because you're one of the best guards in that conference. What was, do you think it was uh, Coach Young's coaching? Did you just work out extra harder? Or was the college game just clicking more? I think it was just me being more experienced. and That always helps. Having a year of being a starting guard, that definitely helped going into my junior year where Coach Young kind of told me, like, look, it's kind of it's your ball moving forward. Like, you're going to have the ball in your hands. And you're going to play a lot of minutes. And, um like, yeah, I'm going to need you to make plays for us and be a really good defender and stuff like that. So once he gave me more responsibility with the experience I had, it, um, it helped me. And uh, he gave me a lot of confidence just by telling me, like, listen, I want you to be yourself. I'm not going to try to change you at all. Like, I, look, I love you as a player, and I just want you to go out there and play as hard as you can and be yourself out there. So that was, that was big for me. And, yeah, I mean- uh, you played in every single game, top 25 in scoring, so you're definitely yourself out there. Yeah, yeah, it felt good, him giving me confidence like that, and that, that helped for the next couple of years when I played for him. Yeah, I mean, confidence goes such a long way. Definitely. Now, in 2020, obviously, COVID comes, but your season was over prior to the shutdown, correct? Um, yes, we had already lost in the uh, first round of the MAC tournament, yeah. Okay, but that's still obviously difficult, those first few months when there was so much uncertainty, you're at home. What did you do sort of as a student athlete? Were you able to work out in Fairlawn? Yeah, actually, I was walking to my elementary school because they have a a court outside. So I was walking to my elementary school pretty much every day and like working myself out there outside, Um, like no matter the weather almost, just because I just needed to get out the house and just play basketball. It was tough. I'm a type of kid, like I'm constantly in the gym, constantly working on my, my game and stuff like that. So being in the house was rough. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously you couldn't really go to a lot of gyms, so it was good that you had the outdoor court. But 
Yeah, that must have been really tough for students. I mean, for everyone, right? But for student athletes in particular, that that had to be a difficult time. Yeah, and then, like, we were taking classes online. Everything was on Zoom and stuff like that. So it was different. And then not being able to, like, be with your team. You know, in the summertime, it's, like, a big time to be with your team and, like, bond, get to know each other. And, like, not having that was was difficult. Yeah, were the summer sessions canceled that year? Yeah, some schools were able to have them, but uh, we weren't. We kept, like, there would be a, a stretch where a coach would get us all on a Zoom call and say, like, hey, there's a meeting going on right now to decide if we're going to have a summer session. We could leave in, like, a week. And then, like, he'd come back a couple of days later and he'd be like, yeah, they said no. Then a month later, he'd say the same thing and it'd be, yeah, they said no. And by then, it was, like, August, and it was, like, three times in a row they said no, we couldn't come up there. So we didn't get up there until September. Ugh, that's awful. It also just sucks for a college student in general, right? Like just being on campus, there's more to you than just a basketball player. And you oh, can't yeah. really do the other fun parts of college either because of COVID. Yeah, Fairfield's a great place to be in this not missing out on like those three or four months where you're just able to like, because you, you have friends that aren't on the team and you don't get to see them either. And then uh, missing out on those like, you know, those opportunities just to socialize and stuff like that. And that's most that's a lot of what college is about, like socializing and meeting new people and um, like having conversations with people and, you know, interacting and missing out on that stuff was definitely difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of meeting new people, I want to turn the conversation a bit because one really cool fact about you is that you date a member of the Fairfield women's basketball team, Sam Lewis. <laughs> Yes, it's a real love and basketball story. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. It's something like that. But uh, yeah, we met uh, freshman year and uh, we just clicked and just, yeah, we're still going strong to this day. Nice. So you both took that fifth year and both were done at the end of 2022? Yes. Wow. Did you date all five years? I'm really getting into uh, it. <laughs> yeah, we are really getting into it. Uh, we... <laughs> Did like towards the we started dating like towards the end of the freshman year. Ooh, that's a long time. Good for you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. That must be tough though uh, during the season for both of you because you guys are both so busy. You're both D one student athletes, keeping your relationship. But I guess obviously too, when you could, you'd be at each other's home games. Yeah, we'd be at each other's home games. Sometimes if it was close enough, we'd go to each other's away games. And um, it was so easy with her because, like, we're, we're so alike. Like, we're, we're so the same. Like, we both love basketball. We both love working out constantly, trying to improve ourselves. And, um, like, a lot of times we'll shoot together and, like, we'll watch each other's games, tell each other, like, what we need to do better, or, like, what we think we did well that game and stuff like that. And we're always honest with each other. So that I was love that. really easy. That's cool. I bet she kicks your ass and horse. Uh, she actually does sometimes because she's, she's actually like one of the best shooters to ever play at the school. She broke the, in the single game three point shooting record for men and women. She hit 11 threes in one game. That's amazing. Wow. Why am I talking yeah. to you? I should be talking to your girlfriend. No, I'm kidding. Dodge. I'm kidding. You should. You should. <laughs> no, give you a so better cute, interview. Though. No, you're doing great. That is so cute though. I'll stop embarrassing you. We'll move it along. <laughs> Does Fairfield have a main rival in the MAC? Um, 
I don't know if we'd have a main rival, but in the MAC, I'd probably say it's Quinnipiac, you know, because it's like that same state thing. Mm. But um, I think a really good uh, rivalry that we had going in my five years there was with Manhattan because we played them three times in uh, the uh, MAC tournament, like back to back to back. And um, then I'd probably say uh, this was the first year we played Sacred Heart in like a really long time. And that was like one of the best like games as far as atmosphere and crowd. Um, I might have had like my entire college career, even when we played like power five schools. Like that was an amazing game to play. Hmm, Interesting. Yeah, Sacred Heart's Connecticut too, right? Yeah, it's Connecticut, but they're in the NEC. But that was a great game. And like. We're literally, our school and their school, we're literally like five minutes from each other. So I think that's why it was so big. Okay, yeah. I'm getting the landscape of Connecticut colleges here. Yeah, okay, I remember that. I forgot that they're in a different conference. Yeah. It just feels like they should be in the MAC, but. Yeah, I mean, it, they could be. It, it feels like that sometimes, but. Anyway. So your senior year, 2021, tell me, how weird was it playing in front of no fans? Oh, that was definitely weird. And, like, at fair, I'm so used to having, like, with me and my mom, like, she comes to every game. And, like, I swear, if there's, like, thousands of people at the game, I somehow can find a way to spot her and hear Uh her, no matter anybody, no matter how many people are there. So it was definitely weird not having people at the game. And then at Fairfield, we had, like, these things in the stands where it was, like, pictures of people. So, like, that was kind of strange. Like, it'd be a picture of somebody. Like, if they bought a ticket, they'd, like, get a picture and, like, they'd put it in, like, a chair. So that was uh, <laughs> that was kind of weird. And then, But I honestly, though, I kind of liked it. It was, like, just – it felt like it was just us versus the other team in some kind of way. It kind of felt like a pickup game almost. Like, yeah. It, it was a uh, – it was a cool, it was a weird atmosphere, but I personally liked it. Mm-hmm. And now Fairfield as a school, were you going to in-person class or was it all online? Uh, it was mainly online. I think I only went to like a few in-person classes that whole year. It was basically everything was on Zoom. Wow. Okay. So campus must have been pretty empty. Uh, yeah, for the most part. Um, yeah, for the most part it was. Yeah, that's such a bummer. Yeah, and then, like, every once in a while, the campus would, like, if there was, like, a high number of COVID cases, they would, like, shut the campus down and people would have to leave and go home. So, like, yeah, there were, like, stretches where it did seem very empty. Yeah. That's another reason why I like that the NCAA granted everyone another year because it's not just, like, for on the basketball court. Like, you got another year of college, and 2022 was still a little weird, but, like, you were able to have a little bit more of the college experience that you guys deserved. Yeah, it was kind of back to normal this year. It was, yeah, yeah it was on normal this year. And in 2021, when it was, you know, all virtually scrimmages, right, where there were no no fans, yeah. um, you guys did something different in the MAC with the schedule, right? You guys would play yeah. the same yep. team back to back. Yes, yeah, so then there was, like, less travel and um, less chances of, like, people getting COVID and all that other stuff. So, uh, yeah, there was, like... Um, it was like a one in it was like a two games one place situation so instead of like like if we went to go play Marist or something like that like we wouldn't go there and then they would come to us so we would play both of our games at Marist 
Like it was kind of like that. And um, that was cool because um, if you lost that game, if you lost that first game, you had an opportunity the very next day to get it back and um, try again the next day and try to make up for that bad losing feeling you had that entire night. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. It's a cool way to do it. And you had mentioned uh, this year again, you get all the way to the MAC title game and unfortunately lose in the in the title. But um, you guys made a pretty good run, right? Like you had a couple win streaks at the end of the season. Yeah, that year was um, it was definitely weird. Like the entire fall, I felt like I was like, man, like I feel like we have a good team. Like I feel like we have pieces and stuff like that. But um, the problem was like a couple of the guys that like uh, that we needed to that were playing like big minutes were young. Like we had like two or three freshmen that were playing like kind of heavy minutes. And um, we had a couple transfers that actually didn't get eligible to play because they transferred and they had to get approved by the NCAA. They didn't become eligible to play until like, I'd say like five or six games into the season. So we were moving with like, uh, we were going with like a lot of moving parts at one point. Mm. So um, it took a while for people to get adjusted. And then towards the end, when we started to like get our rhythm and really started to get used to playing together, I think that's when we started to play better because we started to gel and stuff like that. And in the tournament, we kind of got into a good groove and we made a nice little run. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as I mentioned, the NCAA grants everyone an extra year due to COVID, but not everyone has to take it. It's there if you want it. You did decide to take it. Walk me through that decision process. Was it an easy one? Did you have to think about it? Uh, it was pretty easy. It was another year of playing basketball in college, and college basketball is a lot of fun. So I uh, definitely wanted to do it. Um, I did actually think about transferring at one point and putting my name in the portal. But then, like, talking it over with my family and then talking to Coach Young and the rest of the staff, I was just like, man, like, this is home for me. Like, I didn't want to play anywhere else. I didn't want to go anywhere else. So I always knew Fairfield was a place for me. Oh, that's awesome. And it was a great decision because you had a really great fifth year in 2022. You started every game. You led the team in points. You were second in rebounding and assists. So just a really solid year. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it felt good to that entire year. I just my entire goal was just to have fun the entire summer. I worked extremely hard just to try to improve my game as much as I could and try to help my team as much as I could. And um, yeah, and my entire my entire mindset for that year was just to play as hard as I can to have fun. So it felt good to yeah, it's a free to play year, well. right? In in a sense, yeah, exactly. Free year, get my masters, play basketball again, and I wanted another crack at um, you know, competing for a MAC championship. Yeah, you guys go fifteen and eighteen, which is a better record than you've had, right? Because as you mentioned, sophomore year when you were nine and 22, you had a lot of young guys, you had to grow. And each year you did get better from that. Yep, um, yep. Yeah, so just overall seeing success. Unfortunately, you did lose in the second round to the eventual champ St. Peter's, but yes. you dropped 19 points against the Peacocks. So I hope you mention that whenever that comes up in conversation. <laughs> yeah, that... That game was so weird to me, man, because we got off to such a slow start. I think we, we, uh, they jumped on us. Like, I think we got down like nine zero to start the game off going into the first media. And then after a while, it was just like, we were fighting back, fighting back, fighting back. I think at, in the second half, we cut it to like nine or something like that. And then like, it was just, it was just so hard to like break under that. So 
Yeah, sometimes you spend so much energy coming back. It's hard to make exactly. that final push to take final. the lead and keep it. Yeah. <laughs> Difficult. Uh, tough way to end your career, but overall, it was such a great five-year career for you. You finish ranked 28th all-time in scoring. You have over 1,100 1, points, and you're on the all-academic team, so you were getting it done in the classroom as well. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, the master's program I was in, it, um, it like, uh, actually matched my schedule with basketball like really, really well because we only had classes like two or three times throughout the week. And then a lot of times it happened to be during our off day. So it was kind of easier for me to uh, hold up my end academically. That's great. So you've only been out of school a couple months now. So what have you been up to and what's next for you, Taj? Yeah, I've just been working out constantly, lifting every day, working on my game every day, uh, playing pickup a lot, just uh, trying to get ready. Because what's next is basically I'm trying to play professionally overseas and um yeah just try to you know have a career over there and uh have an experience you know in europe seeing like new places living in a different country stuff like that and uh yeah so i'm just trying to prepare and be as ready as i can for that that's awesome how far along are you in the process like do you have an agent are you talking over some deals yeah i have an agent we're talking over some deals now i should be um should be on a plane going somewhere by like the end of August. That's amazing and very exciting. Good for you. Thank you. Amazing. Any like dream destinations or just the best offer in the best league at this point? No dream destinations just yet. Like I'm just looking for the best offer, best situation, um, a spot where I can like, you know, get my start and um, try to, uh, get a good jump on my career, have good numbers, and so then I could just, you know, continue to move up and continue to get better and excel. Absolutely. Oh, this is so exciting. And you get to see a new culture, eat new food, see new places. Yeah. Really cool. Definitely. I'm excited. You should be. Well, Taj, I wish you all the best. I've had a lot of fun talking with you. I like to end the interview with a few fun questions. How does that sound? Sounds good. Go ahead. All right. What is your favorite movie? My favorite movie would have to be Goodfellas. Uh, okay. Yeah. It'd have I'm to be a little Goodfellas. sad it's not Love and Basketball, given your situation, but fine. But it's up there. It's up there. But <laughs> Goodfellas, anytime Goodfellas on, I got to put it on. Okay. No, it's a good movie. I'll give it to you. All right, Taj. Next question. What is the most embarrassing song on your phone right now? Uh, the most embarrassing song on my phone. I don't even know if I have one, honestly. The most embarrassing song on my phone. You don't have any Spice Girls, Little Backstreet Boys, nothing? Nah, I don't have any of that. I don't have any of that. I might, uh, back in the day, like a couple years ago, I think I might have, took Sam to go see like Mamma Mia the movie and I might have had like one or two of those on there but that was back in the day they're probably deleted now they shouldn't be deleted Mamma Mia is awesome all those songs are terrific (laughs) yeah it was pretty good (laughs) nice all right Taj last question for you if you could have dinner with one person living or dead who would it be 
living or dead. Um, all right, so I'd probably say Kobe Bryant would be my person I'd pick to have dinner with because I just think, obviously, as a basketball player, he was amazing and extremely has a high basketball IQ and extremely knowledgeable. But then just as a person, like, I think he was a really good um, or like a, a really good person because I feel like he was just super smart and, like, he always had his mind in the right place. And, like, the minute he retired, he was, like, on to the next thing. And I feel like his focus and his drive – like that just would have been, it would have been great to pick his brain just for a dinner and a conversation. That's a great dinner guest. One more person I'd probably have to say, uh, probably Will Smith too. I'd probably want to have a dinner conversation with him. Okay. Watch your face with Will Smith, but yeah. yeah I, was, I was about <laughs> to say that. That was the only person that, that was the only uh, thing I'd have to worry about. <laughs> no i mean fresh prince phenomenal that's a good guest. that's yeah. a good dinner guest as well mm-hmm. taj thank you so much for making some time to come on the podcast you you know you're working out and playing a lot to get ready for this uh new experience coming up really excited can't wait to follow your journey overseas and just wish nothing but the best for you thank you so much i had a blast on this interview Great time. Perfect. All right, everyone. That was my chat with Taj Benning. Hope you enjoyed it. It was awesome to hear about his career at Fairfield. Really great five-year career for him. He should be so proud. Can't wait to see what he does overseas. I'm very excited for him. I'll be back soon to speak with another outstanding athlete.